by the makers of Ovaltine. Now, here's some vital news for everyone who suffered from the current influenza epidemic. Here's something you should know if you're suffering or recovering from the flu, the grip, or a cold. Now, of course, to get over a cold, most people use some kind of medicine. And most people know they need rest, extra rest. But most people forget they need something else, something tremendously important. And that is special food. Special food that's easy to digest, that's highly nourishing to keep up your strength and vigor. You see, when you're sick or recovering from an illness, even though you're in bed or lying down, resting, taking things easy, you do need extra nourishment. You actually need more nourishment than you need when you're up and about living your usual life. You need extra nourishment to fight the ravages of disease. Throw off the after-effects of illness. Bring back your vigor and pep more rapidly. But usually when you're sick, your food doesn't taste very good. You don't eat much. Your weakened system can't tolerate ordinary food. And so, you grow steadily weaker from lack of food as well as from sickness. Now, to prevent this, you need special food. Food so easy to digest, your weakened system can handle it. Food that's extra nourishing so you can keep up your strength, combat your sickness, and recover quickly. Now, one of the finest special foods you can take is Ovaltine. It is recognized as such all over the world. Doctors recommend it and is served in thousands of hospitals for these three reasons. First, Ovaltine is specially processed for easy digestion. And so you can take it when you can't easily handle ordinary foods. Second, Ovaltine provides all-round concentrated nourishment, proteins to rebuild muscle, nerve, and body cells, high-energy foods for vitality and pep. And third, Ovaltine is one of the world's richest food sources of vitamins and minerals you must have to get back vigorous health. So, if you or someone in your family are suffering from the grip or a cold, try the one thing so often forgotten. Try this special food to speed up your recovery. Drink Ovaltine two or three times a day. Drink it hot and see if you don't begin to pick up quickly. Get back your strength and energy much faster. Why not get a jar of Ovaltine and start drinking it tonight? And now, on with a new and thrilling chapter, Suicide Squadron, with Captain Midnight on the smoke-shrouded island in the western Pacific. Last time it was decided that their most vulnerable points were the radio beacon and the landing beam, without which the flying fortresses bringing the new supply of gas for the smokescreen would be unable to locate the island and land. Captain Midnight ordered that radio beacon signals be transmitted for two minutes every half hour and that the approaching bomber pilots be so notified. Soon afterward, the loud drone of many Jap planes was heard in the sky above, and Captain Midnight and his assistants hurried to the radio beacon station. Immediately afterward, the roar of the Jap planes became louder. Sharply, Captain Midnight ordered everyone to race to the anti-aircraft gun emplacements. As our scene opens now, we find the little group gathered there. 
Listen, as Chuck explains. They're getting close. Awfully close. What good will it do to shoot, Captain Midnight? We can't see the jet planes through the smoke. We don't need to, Joyce. We have something that will see through it for us. Are the guns ready to fire? Yes, Captain Midnight, they're ready. Jump at Jupiter. I forgot about the luminous screen. Look, Chuck, look at this gun. Looper, loops. Well, the luminous screen works just the way it did in the plane. Hi, George. The gun's moving. Yes, Commander. It's doing that automatically. The gun sighting itself. There's a whole bunch of lights on the screen. They're coming from the south. That's a large squadron of Jap bombers. Sure lucky they're flying in a tight formation. And I can see why. They want to concentrate their bombs on a small area. But the bombers are almost overhead. Why doesn't the gun fire? It will, Joyce. Look at those crosshairs on the screen. The Jap planes haven't reached the intersection of those crosshairs yet. And you mean the gun will fire when the planes reach the intersection? Yes. Then the gun will be perfectly sighted. And a hundred times more accurate than any human eye could do it. Yeah, but what about the altitude? You mean this gun knows how high them planes are? That's what it amounts to, yes. Look, the lights are almost at the intersection. Won't be very long now. It can't be. Place it because the gun's almost stopped moving. It's about ready to fire. The only movement it's making now is a constant compensation for the speed of the Jap planes. Get ready. She's going to fire. The rest of the guns are going off. Yes, they're being fired automatically, too. Listen to what happens in the sky above. There they go. Look, and you can still see the lights in the screen. Something's happening to them, sir. They're becoming blurred. Jump and Jupiter, what's going on? What's that? That's one of them TV planes. It's broke. Well, how do we know how much damage has been done? They certainly must have dropped some of those bombs. There comes one now. Down, everyone, down. Fly as flat as you can. There's less danger from bomb fragments. Much about it. Anybody hurt? I'm all right. So am I. I am, too. Where did that bomb hit? It was to our left. Here comes another one. Keep down, everyone. Farther away. That must have hit up on the mountainside. Hey, listen. What's that? One of those Jap bombers coming down in flames. I can see a dog glow through the smoke. Keep down, everybody. Keep down. There it is. It's burning. Super loose. Look at that fire. Kathleen burning. Hell, that's one Jap plane that'll never fly again. I think there's another one. Well, I don't hear any more planes. They disappeared awfully fast. Most of them are shot down. Some might have got away. What about the radio beacon and landing beam station? We don't know if they're all right or not. All right, Chuck. You go there at once. Then report to me at headquarters. Yes, Captain Midnight. Mud, you get to the underground hangar. Won't be long now before we need those dive bombers. Yeah, okay, Captain. Joyce, you go back to the field hospital. But report again to me at 4 o'clock. Yes, Captain Midnight. Now then, Commander McDonough, we'd better get to headquarters. We have plenty to do in the next couple of hours. Now our scene changes. We return again to the grim, gray Jap aircraft carrier, which is rolling restlessly in the Pacific swells to the east of the island. On the bridge of the carrier, Admiral Himakito is staring at the billowing smoke cloud to the west with a black look on his face. In the sky above, a single formation of Jap fighter planes is on patrol. Approaching Admiral Himakito is the Skibi Air Officer, Commander Ichi. Listen as he comes to a halt, salutes, and says... Commander Ichi reporting, Excellency. Sir, you failed again. I'm very, very sorry, Excellency, but I am not a bomber pilot. I am fighter pilot. Were you directory above bombers? Yes, Admiral. I was leading formation of zeros 2,000 feet above bombers. We were watching for American planes to come from smokescreen. Did you hear radio beacon signals from Ireland? Not for a long time. Then suddenly a signals begin. Yes, we heard them too. It was Captain Midnight's way of deceiving us. Signals were transmitted for only two minutes every half hour. Yes, Excellency. But a bomber's flew in wide circle over Ireland according to instructions. When signals began, a bomber pilots intercepted beam and headed toward Beacon in cross formation. Then what happened? Suddenly, I see explosions among bombers. I do not understand it. Almost all of our bombers were destroyed. Three escaped, but one crashed in water. If I did not hear the story from you, Commander Ichi, I would not believe it. But smoke screen is very thick. 
How could American gunners on Ireland aim their anti-aircraft guns? Oh, that I do not know. The devil Americans must have some secret weapon. When our landing barges approach Ireland, we do not see Americans, but they see us. Perhaps also they can see our planes. This day is coming to cross, Commander Itchy. We do not have much more time. Captain Midnight's use of Radio Beacon proves he is expecting help by air. Otherwise, he would not be so careful to transmit signals two minutes every half hour. Oh, I think your excellency is right. But I am afraid they send flying fortresses. They carry many guns, excellency. It is most difficult to bring them down. But they must be brought down, Commander Ritchie. Not single American plane must reach Ireland. My pilot and I will do our best, Excellency. I radioed for three more aircraft carriers. They will arrive within one hour. We will then have over 500 fighters. If that number of fighters cannot keep American planes from landing on Ireland, we will rule war. But there have been no radio signals from American planes flying toward Ireland. We do not know when they will arrive. There will be signals. Captain Midnight has to be prepared for them. He will have to know when to begin operation of landing beam. But we know this much, Commander Ritchie. There were faint radio signals coming from southeast early this morning. After that, there was silence. Then American friends leave New Guinea early in morning. That is what I think. So, you will be ready. Our radio operators are listening. And again, we return to the smoke-screened island. Almost two hours have passed, and a terrific tension has gripped the island's defenders. Below the western mountains in the underground hangar, Chuck and Joyce are standing near the wingtip of a marine dive bomber. Let's listen. There goes another dive bomber, Joyce. You see? Yeah. Hickey's standing to one side directing the pilot. The planes are being tactic close to the entrance. They won't have to go so far before taking off. But what's this plane doing here? I don't know for sure, but I... All the planes except this one are in position. And Hickey's coming this way. Let's see if he knows anything. Hickey? Yeah? Hey, Hickey, come here a minute. What do you have, Chuck? Hey, what's the dope? Major Preston's squadron going to take off pretty quick? Well, I don't know how soon it's going to take off. But it's going to be ready when the time comes. I was sort of wondering who is going to take the places of the Marine pilots who won't be able to fly. Oh, you were, were you? But, Chuck, I'm going to tell you something now. Being how you're a lieutenant and a pilot and all that kind of stuff, maybe you might get to serve a little time in the Marine squadron. Oh, gee, Icky. Is Chuck really going to fly with him? Yeah, I got a hunch it's going to work out that way. And what's more, Chuck's going to need a gunner for the rear seat. Gosh, I wonder if Captain Midnight will let me go. Well, now, I don't know about that, but seeing as how your shooting eye is pretty good, maybe you might get a chance. It's almost five o'clock now. Won't be long before it's dark. Sure wish we knew how far out those fortresses were. Yeah, they better not be out too far. Because I've seen a report that come in from Post 6 at the northern end of the island. Our smoke screen's just about washed up. Gee, my That's a Yeah, you don't need to finish it. The old goose will be cooked. Okay, come on, fellas. Let's Something's go. happening in headquarters. There's Captain Midnight. He's right there. Come over there. Come on, let's hurry. Gosh, all the pilots from Major Preston's squadron are here. Yeah, I know. And we're in the radio room. I wonder why. Well, we find out in the jiffy. May I have your attention, please, gentlemen? Please? I brought you together in the radio room because I feel that the time is very short. You all know what we've been through this day. We've suffered some casualties, but nothing to what we've inflicted on the enemy. Now, there were times when it didn't look as if we'd be able to last until nightfall. Whether we do or not depends on how much longer the supply of gas, which maintains a smokescreen, holds out. Now, a fleet of 50 flying fortresses is on its way from New Guinea and should be getting close to this island. 
Those fortresses are carrying a large enough supply of gas to maintain the smoke screen for several weeks. If they land here safely, we will have won the battle. Now, you know, of course, they could not have fighter protection on such a long flight. You also know that the Japs have many aircraft carriers surrounding this island, and there'll be hundreds of fighters waiting to oppose the fortresses. Our job will be to beat those fighters off and see that the fortresses enter the smoke screen and land. We're now waiting for radio signals from the approaching bombers. And while we're waiting, there are some last-minute instructions. Due to unfortunate accidents, three Marine pilots will be unable to fly. Their places will be taken by Lieutenant Ramsey of the Secret Squadron, by Lieutenant Cross of the Army Air Forces, and myself. Now, when we take off, we'll take... There are the signals! The signals! The fortresses are close! Sudden snapping of the radio signals sends a thrill of expectancy down the spine of everyone in the room. Within a few moments, the blunt noses of the Marine dive bombers will be climbing rapidly through the thinning smoke screen covering the island. And then... They will emerge to face a sinister cloud of Jap fighter planes, the cream of the Nipponese Navy. What will happen? Don't miss the action-packed air battle as we continue this thrilling chapter, Suicide Squadron. And now, remember, your government is asking you to collect waste paper because every ounce of waste paper is needed to help win the war. In fact, all these vital things are made from waste paper. Bomb bands, bomb pins... Airplane wingtips, airplane signals, parachute flares, shell containers. Just 100 pounds of waste paper makes 650 cartons for emergency rations. Just 100 pounds of paper makes containers for 50 75-millimeter shells. So, if you haven't dug up every ounce of paper in your home, collect it tonight and get every ounce of paper your neighbors have. Every kind of paper helps. Newspapers, magazines, cardboard boxes... Letters, envelopes, wrapping paper, even the scraps of paper from wastebaskets. Take it to your school, your church, your scout troop, wherever paper is collected in your community. Or sell it to your junk dealer. But the important thing is, collect that paper tonight. Your country needs more paper badly to keep the factories rolling, to keep new planes and bombs and shells pouring out, to keep more bombs and bullets raining on the Japs and the Nazis. So start collecting that waste paper tonight. And tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station, to Captain Midnight. Until tomorrow, then, this is Pierre Andre, your Oval Team announcer, saying goodbye and happy landing.